Right, folks, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barakla nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla. Wa anta tajlul hasna idha shi'la sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I hope everybody is doing uh, good uh, this uh, uh, Wednesday evening, insha'Allah. Life already feels more difficult with the hour being pushed back. We got lazy with the winter times. Now, back in the game now where Isha is late. And, um, you know, everyone's got to up their game. But alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Um, what else, what else? Mad weekend for all those that were there. The, um, the what's it called? The um, Zakat class, right? Um, just madness. The whole weekend has flown by. It took me at least three days to get over the weekend. And then tomorrow's the Q&A session, which I am absolutely... What's the word I'm looking for? I'm not dreading it. But it's going to be a madness. Anyway, the good thing is, is that I decided very cleverly, very cleverly, mashallah, to put it before Maghrib. You see, every salah can be... You know what it is? The problem is, is that the Q&A sessions in Zakat... The Q&A sessions in Protector's House, all of them after Isha, after Isha, yeah, or after Maghrib anyway. That's right, I should say, after Maghrib. And they're clever because they make me do that and then they just, you know, they just cut on and on and on and on and then an hour and then an hour and a half and then hour 45 and two. They, 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 no one wants to stop. It's a madness. So I said, all right, you guys yeah, you think you're going to play that with me. So this week, Tomorrow, it's before Maghrib. And you know, Pax, the one thing they won't do is delay their Maghrib. So, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, it's all good, man. All right. Um, okay. We are, we are, where are we? We are on page 38. A very nice uh, starting. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. All right. That's where we are at. Who's going to? Um, who is going to? Nobody's going to find me the text. Someone put some text up for me, man. Someone put up here, any uh, a, a nice, um, nice Arabic, some English. Okay, why don't we do that? Let's do that. Visuals looking a bit blurry, they do look a bit blurry to be honest, isn't it? It's a bit in and out. I don't know. I think it's a bit blurry. Doesn't look as great as it should. It's not looking as good as on OBS. Sorry, it's not looking as good on YouTube as it is on OBS. That's what he means. Harith is used to. Very nice. Yeah, slightly bit more than that, Adil. Okay. All right. So, what we are going to be doing today is. The end of the du'a of the Qunut of Witter, okay, and he says, so I need the next five words, five, I need a few, I need a couple of sentences before and after, please. So, wubika amant, no, no, wubika mink, this is disaster, hold on. Allahumma inni a'udhu bi radaak min sakhatik, wa bi'afwika min uqubatik, wa bika mink, la nuhsi thana'an alayk, anta kama athnayta ala nafsik, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, so, um, effectively, what's happening is 
the author is telling us how you close the dua as we all know that dua but that he said then ended with Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad that is basically the uh, uh, ending part Oh Allah send peace and blessings upon Muhammad and upon the followers of Muhammad now I don't know how we translated it that's what we need to hear and then he wipes his face with his but with both his hands I don't think we'll get past that. Um, man, everybody's just giving me such lame text on the screen. Honest to God, yeah. It's just so irritating. I wish that I would do it myself. The problem is, is that my computer does not allow me to do it myself, so I have to depend on Pakis. That's the problem. Thank you, Zakaria, at last. Um... Then he says in the dua, Oh Allah, send salutations upon Muhammad and the family of Muhammad. Then he wipes his face with both hands. It is dislike for one to perform the qunut, except in the witr, unless there is a calamity which afflicts the Muslims, for which the, uh, for which the imam does the qunut in the obligatory prayers. This is not done for the plague. فَيَقْنُطُ الْإِمَامُ بِالْفَرَائِدِ Yeah, okay. That's okay. That's good. Alright. Jazakumullah here, guys. Let's uh, start then with Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. That he should end the dua, okay, and with salawat upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sending peace and blessings. Now, um, a couple of things, obviously, in this particular narration, in this particular translation, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure this must be from the text, from my translation, I've put down the family of Muhammad. And I wonder why. Did I maybe say that I took the whole translation from somewhere? Because it just feels like that. Because there's a few things in there that I don't seem to be happy with in the translation. I hope someone's made, paid, made a note of that so that we can correct them all. And also family of Muhammad also. you know. And we're going to come to that as you see. Alright, so I think everybody knows... You know, the whole cultural thing of when you're making a dua at the very end, once you get to the end. And then, you know, that's just one ending. You know, people have got a cultural understanding. You send salawat upon the Prophet at the end and then wipe your face and you like your process is done. So people see it as part of a process. All right. People see it as part of like a a ritualistic kind of insertion, like there's an order of things. So even, you know, as we gave the example in the orthoral kind of series, whenever they make dua or whenever they say, do something, you know, it's like that. It's, I mean, it's actually, it's, it's, it's interesting that the, it's, it's a move and then a wipe of the beard as well. Even those with the short beards were doing the same, right? Um, almost like this is what you do. And this is not entirely baseless, both aspects. All right, both aspects. In fact, um, well, let's look at first some hadith. All right, let's actually read what Sheikh says, and then I'll just mention a few things from myself. So Sheikh says, so what the author, uh, Sheikh Thameen, alayhi rahmatullah, he's saying what the author is intending is that the dua should be ended with, pray, with sending salutations upon the Prophet sallam, because this is one of the reasons that the dua, or one of the things that helps the dua get responded to. If you want your dua to be responded to, you should send more salams upon the Prophet sallam, which, by the way, in case I forget to say later on, is an absolutely undisputed aspect. 
because one of the best adhkar, the best adhkar, is to send salawat upon the Prophet ﷺ. And dhikr helps everything because dhikr is ibadah. And ibadah helps everything because ibadah is the key to your dua being accepted. And there's not many acts of ibadah that get as good as sending salam upon Allah's most beloved person, period. Right? Um, and if you imagine, right, Allah has commanded us, Ya amnu, sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Not just sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Salutations and peace and blessings. The full shabam, guaranteed. You know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded for us to make dua for the believers as well. If you're making dua for yourself, uh, uh, Allah says then make dua for the al-mu'minu uh, al-mu'minat, the believing men and believing women. He is awla by all of them. So it is a command, it is obligated, it is his loved, beloved one. So many ahadith where the Prophet ﷺ said, the one who gives salam, the one who says this dua, for example, Allahumma rabba hadihi da'ati tama after adhan. And it's so many different narrations actually that speak about uh, the excellence of the the dua upon the Prophet sallallahu uh, Nabi sallallahu uh, said in uh, narrated by Imam Tirmidhi that whenever when any one of you prays, let him begin by praising Allah, then let him send blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu and then let him ask whatever he wants. Which is these are not the strongest hadith, not gonna lie, but this hadith inshallah sahih. Imam Tabarani also narrates, if any one of you wants to ask, then let him begin by praising Allah as he deserves to be praised. We've spoken a lot about that, about putting something forward, all right, and then asking. So we get that part. Then let him send blessings upon the Prophet ﷺ. Clearly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees that in the same vein, right, as put an action of worship forward. Give a sadaqah, as Allah says in the Quran, before you ask him a question. Do ibadah, yani before you uh, want the whole template of Surah Al-Fatiha, the idea that um, uh, on Thursdays the actions, are, as the Prophet ﷺ said, a reminder for everybody to fast tomorrow, not many uh, practice days left in Sha'aban, Sunnah to fast Sha'aban, Sunnah to fast on a Thursday, uh, hours been added, long length, test yourself tomorrow. And uh, one of the main reasons is because the Prophet ﷺ said that on Thursdays the, the actions are lifted for Allah, presented in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I love that happens when I'm fasting. Because worship gives everything a boost, gives everything a positive shine, gives everything the greater chance of being responded to. And so that hadith, if anyone, anyone, any one of you wants to ask, let him begin by praising Allah as he deserves to be praised, then let him send blessings upon the Prophet ﷺ, then let him ask after that, for that is more likely to be answered. So this is where the idea comes from, and that's why he says that in a very clear way. Sheikh says this is from the. Uh, 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 this will get you a uh, a response. كما يروى ذلك في حديث فيه مقال أن الدعاء موقوف بين السماء والأرض حتى تصلي على نبيك. Just like it has also been more explicitly mentioned in a very famous narration where it is narrated that the uh, the Prophet ﷺ was meant to have said and the dua mawqufun bayna as-sama wal that the dua is suspended between the heavens and the earth hatta tusalli ala nabiyyik until you send salutations upon your prophet um now, what I want to say, first of all, what that basically means is that the dua is not going to go anywhere. It's not going to basically be responded to. It's not going to be taken by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, uh, and, 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 and processed unless you unlock it, send salam upon the Prophet and then 
you know, it's, it's, it, then it, we're, we're quids in, right? We're quids in. Um, this hadith is in line, is in line with all of the hadith and principles and Quran and whatever that I mentioned, but it does go a little bit uh, forward more. It does go a little bit further and it's certainly more explicitly saying um, that it's not just yani, from the reasons of ijaba, but it's now a condition of ijaba, And that's where the problem is. That's where the problem is. That's a big statement, right? That basically means that if you don't do salawat upon the Prophet in your dua, it will not be responded to. That's a big statement, and I don't know of many scholars that actually obligated that. I don't know of any many scholars that um, that that said that. Two angles. First angle, they said the hadith is da'if. Um, some scholars said the hadith is da'if. Many said it is good. Uh, Ibn Kathir, for example, said that the hadith is good. Sheikh Al-Bani, in our, he said good chain. Sheikh Al-Bani considered the hadith to be hasan in our current time. Um, a number of the critics, they said, yeah, it's possible the hadith is mawquf, and it's a statement of Umar, right? Mawquf, it's a statement of Umar, meaning it's an athar, it's not that of the Prophet ﷺ. However, as you will know, we've said, yeah, when it comes to big major issues, it's not possible for mawquf statements to be, to be baseless. Meaning a statement of a companion in big issues of the akhirah, especially the akhirah. In a dunya, is something else, right? Personal perception, inter- interpretation. But when a companion, and in significant ones, uh, uh, say something like, this is what happens in the ghayb or the akhirah, which obviously is when you say the dua is suspended, right? This cannot come from their own uh, selves. And this is like the position of, uh, a hadith itself That's why I say The hukum is marfu' That the ruling is As if it was actually Being stated by the Prophet Sallallahu um, Anyway The vast majority of scholars They said that Therefore this Makes uh, uh, The ruling Highly recommended Highly recommended All of these hadith Are indicating High recommendation To push that And there's absolutely no doubt That we agree with that principle And By the way Some people even said The hadith is sahih uh, uh, Meaning acceptable enough Regardless of whether they said that from the mawquf angle, that is hukum marfu' that it is, its ruling is like it was stated, stated by the Prophet ﷺ because Umar could never have worked out by himself. He must have been told by the Prophet ﷺ. Um, or you say that the hadith is weak, but it's supported, um, uh, it's supported by the supported by you know the general evidences. And yes, absolutely correct. Uh, what Arif just said, the mawquf hadith being hukum marfu' is of course dependent upon it fulfilling the conditions of siha, of authenticity, when the, in the rest of the chain. Meaning it has to be mosul, the hadith needs to be connected, it has to be uh, uh, no shudud, no kind of uh, hidden faults in between, and the, the normal rules of, 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 of uh, hadith. So, um, so that's the, uh, that's the first thing. Alright? I don't think that is anything... Ah, well, well, I would also say... Um, I'll also say, I'll also say that the scholars spoke and Ibn al-Qayyim is one of them who speaks a lot. Okay, obviously Ibn al-Qayyim's books, the majority of them are very much about spiritual matters as opposed to legal kind of, you know, maybe that's not also not fair because yeah, I'm al-Qayyim for example. 
Zayd al-Ma'ad is very historical. But I mean, you know, he gets into a lot of the deep thinking and uh, whatever. And he used to categorize, you know, Salawat upon the Prophet ﷺ in different ways and different manners. Those that open it up, those that say it in the middle, those that say it at the end, and so on. And you'll notice like actions like Salah, right, have various aspects that people see yani, from a an obvious point of view and then a hidden kind of point of view. The obvious ones like, you know, uh, someone is reciting a surah and someone's reciting Fatiha. The hidden, this is a qunut. The hidden yani, thing is that, that the longer you read the surah, this itself takes on the kind of the, the, the feeling of a qunut. The obvious yani, would be doing tashahud and finishing the prayer. The hidden, sending salams upon the Prophet ﷺ in advance of making dua at the end of the prayer just before you give salams, right? So, you know, a lot of people uh, uh, spoke about things like this, you know, trying to understand uh, relationships between acts of ibadah and dua. Uh, like um, like uh, what Sufyan al-Thawri said, for example, that um, fulfilling the rights of the parents uh, 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 what is... Uh, What's the ayah of Allah? Oh my God, what's the ayah? Man, the ayah's gone out of my head. But the point is, is that uh, uh, Sufyan Athawi said that... Oh, this is going to irritate me so much. It's gone, it's gone, it's gone. The basic principle is that the salah is an opportunity... To you know, it is. I can't even. I can't. I can't ignore my my absolute mad. My head is raving to find the ayah, and I can't find the ayah. Anyway, the um, uh, that a person should put forward ibadah before they yani, uh, make dua. And Sufyan Thawri said, this is one of the reasons why dua should be done after salah, right? And specifically. It might have been that, Danish. وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعَبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّا وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا I think it could be that. I've just forgotten, man. My mind's gone blank. And if it is that, I mean, it works. But I'm kind of forcing it upon it. I'm sure it's something else. But anyway. وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعَبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has decreed that He alone is worshipped. Okay. Would be the salah. وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا And that you show ihsan to your parents, which, which is charity. And we know that that charity and that ihsan and kindness and gentleness, when they're alive, it's a reality. But what about when they've passed? When they've passed, we know that it's done by charity and by spreading knowledge, but also dua. But also uh, uh, dua. And so showing that ihsan would be extra above and beyond, meaning that You've now done the salah, now make dua for them. That would be the ihsan, right? And I am forcing it upon the ayah, but it is something similar and I just can't, my mind's gone blank, okay? But this would be the perfect example. Even the one I'm giving, if that's not what it is, it's a very good example. That the, the uh, ibadah is the salah, that's for him, subhana, and then yours is the moment afterwards. And instead of making it just for yourself, uh, Sufyan al said that, you should do ihsan towards your parents in this. And uh, he's making the, the, the comparison, okay, 
the the he's making the comparison between that if you look at the uh uh the compar the the, the ayah right of Surah Al-Isra wa qad rabbuka alla ta'budu illa iya is that it is parents it is Allah followed by parents okay it's Allah followed by parents so it should therefore be so therefore, if it's Allah followed by parents, find an act of worship that naturally has Allah followed by parents. There is no act of worship to any human except du'a for them, or charity for them, or expiating for them, right? So it's doing something for them. And so therefore, um, the uh, and du'a being the most emphasized, as the Prophet Sallallahu said in the hadith, that that's one of the three things that, you know, gets left behind by the deceased, okay? You should now make that dua with a focus on the parents. And if you know, if you note, nearly every culture, and we did this before in the exercise, nearly every culture has this yani, uh, uh, within them, that they make, not just make dua after salah, right? Even though from an Islam point of view, we know that this is more problematic, yani, from a Sunnah point of view, than, than isn't. It's certainly not sooner to make du'a after every single prayer. But making du'a after salah makes complete sense, but not all the time. But also that in that du'a, it's a very heavy du'a upon the Prophet ﷺ. At the beginning, at the end, etc., etc. That's a taught thing. It's a learned behavior. I would go as far as to say that people learn that before they learn to send salam upon the Prophet ﷺ in du'a. Meaning that they are told when they're kids in that kind of you know cultural setting, that after the salah, when you make this dua, you say salam upon the Prophet. Okay? You send salam upon the Prophet in this way. That is a more uh uh that's a more kind of like a, a, a natural home for this salawat. And then later I think maybe when they're doing other dua they might introduce it, or maybe even not. Maybe they tell you to focus on all kinds of, you know, other du'a. Certainly in du'a, Qunuta Witr, for example, right? The packs are not told you need to send salam upon the Prophet right? So you'll see that, um, yeah, i kind of gone off on a tangent, but anyway. Um, so yeah, I think that's something uh, that uh, we should uh, reflect upon. That this is a very special principle, a important principle. And sending salawat upon the Prophet should always be like one of our priorities all the time. Sheikh then says, It seems that our author is saying that this is the only dua that you should recite, and that's it. Yani, Allahumma hadini fi man hadayt, Allahumma inni a'udhu biridaka min sakhatik. Yani, these two separate dua. Sheikh Uthameen himself added the dua before that, okay? Um, and that you says, just say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad, and that's it. Sheikh says, if a person though increases upon these du'a, then there's no problem with that. Because this is one of the moments of du'a. We've spoken a lot about that already, okay? So don't need to repeat about that. That the prayer has natural moments of du'a. And this is one of the, not just natural, but a sunnah initiated natural moment of du'a. Hands raised. Hands raised. Alright? That's very important. There are no other parts in the prayer in which hands are raised. The reason we said that the sajda is such a natural home is not just because of the hadith, but because when you're in sajda, you are completely at the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You feel it, yani, you know, it's just, it's just, it's so powerful, right? Um, 
when uh, you uh, when you're at the uh, you know you know my my two focused uh, ones the two focused ones are sajda and just before the end of the salam right and you know that the sajda is the most open and then the one at the end is like the next where you can add and throw in all kinds of stuff and if i'm talking about the the position helping you then sajda goes without saying how that helps yeah it puts the person in the mood makes them emotional etc you know that you're home you know that you're nothing compared to Allah you feel so glad to throw yourself on the floor in front of Allah it's the best and that's why the Prophet said you are closest to your Lord uh, whilst you're in sajda at the end of the prayer if I was going to put an argument forward yani, you know akli argument I would say desperation of something ending time ending opportunity ending you know one of those kind of uh, best example is to give you the example of how strong your dua is at the beginning of Ramadan towards the end of Ramadan right the best example, obviously, one of my Hajj group knows this very, very well about how we leverage on the last moments, right? We use temperature, color, and light to leverage and create yani, an artificial sense of desperation, except that it's not artificial at all. In fact, it's the ultimate sense of desperation because it's real time, real reality. Obviously, you know, if we ever do Hajj together, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's incredibly powerful. The Salah has a similar version in that the big moment's up, a lot of people suddenly wake up, you know how people do a mindless prayer and then when they're at the end they kind of realize like, oh my God, I've done it, I didn't even know what I recited, I didn't know whatever. People get desperate at that moment, at the very mo- at the very least they wake up at that moment. So that's powerful. Then this, raising your hands in the salah, a salah which is characterized by everything other than loose movements, free movements, uh, raising hands, etc, etc, is its own powerful kind of reality now obviously the problem of course is that people then lose their minds over that okay people lose their minds over it and i don't think that i need to speak to you about i'm sure i've shared videos you know my favorite video on the world the guy complaining about the guy who's making dua loudly now he's making dua loudly in the salah isn't he but that's what happens people start screaming shouting doing this doing that and you know raising their hands and shaking and then shouting loudly going on for hours, all that bukwasi, and it's just, it's a madness, that they, 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 they unfortunately went so far into the emotional reality of that moment, okay, that they went and took it to bid'ah levels, right, where he destroys the prayer of theirs, destroys prayers around, introduces ideas, concepts, blah, 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 please, so, so, Sheikh says, this is a moment of dua, this is the place of dua, and Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, uh, uh, so we have authentically narrated additions in the dua of Qunut. Uh, Abu Huraira has been narrated. Allahumma kafara. Allahumma anil kafara. The uh, oh Allah curse the the uh, the disbelievers, as narrated by Imam Al Bukhari seven nine uh, seven. Uh, and this establishes that the issue is very uh, flexible. Okay, uh, in person, Yani can say what he wants. Also, Sheikh says, If a person is unable to even say this narrated Sunnah, Allah Hadith, which is what should be said because it's the Sunnah, it's in Arabic, it's the right thing to do, it's in the right place. Prophet asked for us to say it, and so then he can then um, make dua with anything which comes to his mind at that moment. ولكن إذا كان إماماً، so he can make any dua, especially when a person uh, uh, making their dua uh, themselves. Yeah, then he can add 
dua, he can replace it with dua, and he can go as long as he wants. Uh, yani, Sheikh says he can go along, yani, like he wants. But if he is uh, uh, an imam, then it's not right. It's not right that he elongates dua, so he bores the people behind him and he makes it difficult upon the people um, behind him. And excellent statement that he adds, unless it's a small group, it's a restricted private gathering that have requested that. Okay? So if there's a small private group that have requested that, then that's fine. And I want to say that, subhanAllah, back in the day, and I say back in the day because I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. But um, back in the day, especially in Manchester, when a lot of good brothers yani, were around and things were good, and uh, a lot of them, yani, then unfortunately they got hooked up. And, uh, you know. Anyway, so uh, we used to have a lot of these gatherings in this country. Okay, in the in, in the time of da'wah pre pre nine eleven is what I want to say. Pre nine eleven, there used to be wonderful hookups in London, Birmingham, Manchester, especially these places. Used to have very, um, so it's not Arif. It's not Sheikh Uthameen doesn't really mean that. What he means by that is that close gatherings can be more. Flexible in elongation in general. And if that means to the dua as well, okay, because for example, they are not very good at dua, but they are mad for standing all night. Many people like that, bro. Many people like that. All right? Like I remember when I started practicing, right? I'm talking like obviously a long time ago. Um, that's the kind of joint that I used to hook up at, right? I didn't even know what the Quran, you know, meant. I didn't know. What, how to make dua, I didn't know anything. And I would be like, oh man, this is it. Because you know how it is, man. When you're young, you're full of zeal, right? And everything that is stricter, longer, more difficult is always more religious. Everything which is stricter, longer, and more difficult. These are the um, uh, uh, thingy. Yeah, I wish that hooked up meant married. But I, was, I, I just didn't know the right or phrase. Yeah, and I didn't write. And, you know, these things are recorded. So I don't want to say any what happened. But they are, they're in a better place than where we are now. Put it that way. Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, so I, I, and then, obviously, I started studying. I went abroad, learned this, that. When I came back, right? Again, pre-9-11 in the good times. Uh, uh, it was, we were even more yani, buzzed by the whole thing, right? We would uh, swap between us. Hifz was strong. I used to be a lion in those days. Now I'm uh, yani, not even the lamb of a sheep of the lamb of the sheep of the lamb, lamb, sheep. And bro, our tarawih used to last six hours on average. Sometimes longer, sometimes uh, shorter. Not shorter, sometimes five, six hours. Sometimes longer. We used to do a khatam every couple of days. Now, I want you to know, in my village, they do a khatam every two or three days. That's not what I'm talking about, by the way. Khatam every two to three days over there 
Der Chetamingen in, just made a new verb there, Chetaming, right? Der Chetaming it in three hours, two hours, three hours a night in two to three days. All right? That is the madness. All right? They did that in my village for the for the longest year. I, I think obviously ours is a very conservative area anyway, but it's not conservative, Yanni, with light and guidance and whatever. It's le- it's conservative with lots of, it's conservative in a ritualistic way, you know, pack desi kind of pack way, and uh, 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 you know, uh, and it's not like you know Ferrari Imam. I, you know, the ruku' is very good, and then sajda is very good, but the recitation is... So that's the difference over there. They'd get it done in two hours, right? So six hours, taqriban, the Qur'an is finished, right? The Qur'an is finished, and they do it again and again and again, and they keep doing khatam, 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 khatam. So, um, uh, whereas what we will be doing... And it was closed. This is my point, is that we would be saying, and it would be the masjid because we couldn't find any better place, but it was not the main jama'ah. And it would be another jama'ah after the one. And uh, ours would be slow recitation. Not slow, but hadar, yani. And we would be really, you know, into it and, uh, and so on and so forth. And the dua would be long because we want him to do this dua. Anyway, my point is, is that the illa with respect to not causing problems, this, that, blah, 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 is all about the public. You know, people want to be religious. You be religious by yourself. Don't yeah, think other people are upon your level. Other people have got the same time as you. People are, uh, 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 you know, rosgar uh, like you, right? Unemployed and all the rest of it. So I think that's a really, really important statement that he says. Except if it's a small jama'ah, which are, you know, up for it like that. Um, you know, by the way, if I was to say, is there any country, or used to be any country, that does this more than any other country? And it's difficult to say that, because Mauritania is a very religious kind of hookup, and uh, I've seen a lot of stuff there. And obviously, the, the, some of the Arab countries, um, whatever, the pack ones, I can tell you, that's how it happens. I mean, like, long, mental, crazy, all-night prayers, and done slowly so that you enjoy it, etc., etc., is uh, Egypt. 100%. A whole different level. Every city, hundreds of small musallas that are doing taraweeh like that. You know, Egypt, you've always... Anyone who's ever lived, studied, traveled Egypt, whatever, whatnot, it has the most uh, misguided people. It's the absolute heart of secularism. Heart of cinema, heart of music, heart of kufr. The level of kufr is on a whole different level. The heart of feminism. No, that fish and who passed away. Okay, classic example. And then all the way to the most extreme. Uh, Egypt, Egypt. The most extreme. I don't know what that is. That's never happened. Uh, Muslims. Meaning completely off. Like their heads. I mean, Jama'at Tawheed wal Jihad. Oh, right, okay, it's my guy, I'll get it. Um, uh, so, Jama'at of Tawheed wal Jihad, Jama'at Madri Ish, yani founders of Al Qaeda, and yani God knows what, whatever. All right, so you've got these two complete extremes, and then in the middle, 
you've got the best Muslims that I've certainly met in terms of practicing quality. Egypt's crazy like that, okay? And the places that you see that have uh, the um, balanced scholarliness, ilm and hadith, ilm and sunnah, a lot of tadayun, a lot of religiosity, opportunities for people, um, uh, uh, you know, that want proper long deen and all the rest of it. Yeah, that's it. What I've said, Egypt is the extremist spectrum. It's well, the perfect spectrum, I think I should say. Egypt is the perfect spectrum. It really is the umadina with dunya, I think. All right, anyway. Um, so Sheikh then says, When you send, when you say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, what you're saying is, uh, Oh Allah, praise him amongst the angels. Oh Allah, yani speak good of him, bless him. Yani everything uh, good about him in the very best of companionship, i.e. amongst the angels. Uh, that Allah describes yani, how perfect he is وسلم, amongst the malaika. They love hearing that. They then start making dua. Allah is happy. The angels are happy. It's just madness. That's something which was quoted by Abu al-Aliyah. Abu al-Aliyah, one, uh, uh, you know, you should know in case you, uh, in case you don't know, one of the major imams of a tabi'in, one of the major imams of the salaf, very important figure. He was, subhanAllah, he had so much ilm, so much fiqh, kada. he was born at, in Jahiliyyah. He's a contemporary of the Prophet ﷺ. I don't mean young, right? He's a contemporary of the Prophet ﷺ. But guess what? He became Muslim after the Prophet ﷺ passed away. Proper madness, bro. Proper madness. And you know, the majority, the vast majority of scholars say that for someone to be a Sahabi, you have to have met the Prophet ﷺ in a meaningful way and died upon Islam. He interacted, as far as we know, we're not too sure. But, um, I mean, there are claims, but, you know, from a thinking point of view, it's up in the air. Born early, lived through that entire period, all right, of that 23 years of that whole dawah scene, becomes Muslim after his death, but then studies with all of the major companions. So that was his explanation, by the way, okay? Such a, such a, a, a treasure trove of, of ilm, and so he doesn't get Sahabi status, basically. He's, he's tabi. All right, so that's what it means to send salam from the Prophet it's like, which I think, like I said, it's so beautiful. He says, you're asking Allah to, you know, just, 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 you know, uh, just describe his excellence and perfection and his beauty in front of the angels. So they then, you know, carry on. They then, يعني, you know, do this, etc., etc. And you should say, وَعَلَىٰ آلِ Muhammad." By the, by the way, amongst the Hanabila, amongst the Hanabila, this is not يعني, an agreed upon position. All right. This idea of sending uh, upon the Prophet ﷺ, um, ewa. Uh, it is narrated in the majority of the books okay, of the Hanabila that it's only to send uh, Muhammad. All right, just salams upon the Prophet. Don't um, uh, 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 you don't need to add the, the second, but our author here. Has added the second, okay, which is Ali Muhammad. 
Now, al we know means family in the Arabic language, okay? But Sheikh says, atba'uhu ala liqawlihi ta'ala, and he means, Sheikh Uthameen says, but this means his followers, his followers, okay? وَيَوْمَ تَقُومُ السَّاعَةُ أَدْخِلُ آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ أَشَدَّ الْعَذَابِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Ghafir, verse 46, and on that day that the hour is established, we will say, يعني, uh, uh, enter the, uh, bring in, or whatever. Uh, no, no, throw in the uh, the followers of Fir'aun. يعني Fir'aun and his آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ the all of Fir'aun and his army and his uh, fellow believers and all the ones who supported him throw them into the uh, uh, يعني, uh put them forward to the worst of uh, punishment all right ashad al adha all right like chuck them in the fire yani sheikh says ay atba'ihi ala i.e. the followers of Fir'aun according to his deen okay so فَإِنْ قِيلُ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَأَتْبَعِهِ Sheikh said that if it is said اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد وأتباعه وأتباع محمد Okay If it's said that um, uh, send salam upon him and upon his family and upon his followers then the meaning of آل becomes the uh, believers from his family then the, 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 the Al means the believers from his family. Basically, Al becomes his family. You know, it's important. Whenever you say, send peace upon Muhammad and his family, okay, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam, you always only see the translation family. Much of his family were non-Muslims. This dua is only, of course, for the believers of the family. That's important. So when you have upon his family and upon his followers then followers obviously means the rest of the believers and al means the family specific members ahlul bayt who are uh, believers all right um and then sheikh has a uh, uh thingy uh uh, 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 Sheikh Uthameen on page 39 he quotes like a um, so a, po- a line of poetry Translating this يعني, horribly the family of the Al the of the Prophet they are his followers from his nation, from the non-Arabs and from the from the uh, Africans and the Arab. Okay, from the non-Arabs and the Africans, meaning Sudanese, and or Sudan is being referred to the whole area actually. All right, so African is better. So, so from African, from the non-Arabs and the Africans and the Arabs, and. If his family, and if it was not from his family that it was intended only his close ones, all right, from the believers, then every time a person saying Allahumma salli, 
Ala Muhammad, he would be sending salams upon that yani, rebellious dog, Abu Lahab. That actually nearly rhymed, by the way. I just want to say that that explanation actually rhymed. Helped by Arab and Abu Lahab. Not going to lie. But it did. And his point is, the, 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 the poet's point is, is that when you say Al, family of the Prophet we don't mean his direct family. We mean the believers. And then when we say believers, we mean the believers only from his family. We don't mean in that, yani, uh, uh, and even when we mean his family, we only mean that, um, uh, yeah, it's, basically it's the believers in general. Okay, it's the believers in general. And then when you, so, so uh, that's something else, please, whoever is yani, doing the, uh, the, 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 you know, yeah, that's a very good example. Okay, uh, uh, that, that Sarah has put, okay. Many of the scholars said that this is an indication that Ahl has more to do it than just, more to do with just than closeness. There has to be deen, right? Deen there as well. So uh, that should be the followers of Muhammad in the translation, in the notes. Again, someone should bring that point up to me so we can uh, uh, change that. Abu Lahab, by the way, just in case you... you uh, the authors, but the poet, poet is trying to say, you don't... Don't say this is this is the family. The Al Muhammad are his believing followers because if we said his family, then you are basically sending salam upon Abu Lahab, who was the paternal uncle of the Prophet. Don't forget that. Right? He had the paternal uncle of the Prophet. Yeah. Anyway, that's done. Um Did I not want to um, did I not want to talk a little bit about the hadith? No, I think that's okay. Because I said that, you know, so it's okay. All right, where are we now? 46 minutes, all right, that's good. All right, so then he wipes his ha- his face with his hands, okay? And Sheikh Uthameen says that what it seems from the author that he does both his hands with his face, his face, that this is indicating that this is a sunnah. Okay? I.e. that to wipe one's face with the both hands after dua of qunut is a sunnah. The evidence that they use for that is the hadith of Umar radiallahu anhu and the Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, uh, uh, he said, uh, Umar said that when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would lift his hands, he would not return them, meaning he would not put them down until he wiped his face with them both. Until he wiped his face with them both. This hadith is narrated by Imam at tirmidhi Hadith number 3386. Alright. Now. Uh, Ewa. Yeah. That's right. 3386. That's good. And it's written by Hakim and by Abu Bakr al Khalal as well, um, and so on. And I was looking at one of the uh, Asanid here. It's on the uh, via via the, the chain of Hamad ibn Isa al Juhani. And um, Sheikh says, and this hadith is daif. Actually, the vast majority of scholars said this hadith is uh, daif because of Hamad ibn Isa al Juhani. Alright, 
Um, this was hadith was considered to be da'if by Imam al-Iraqi, who is the authority, bam, okay, end of. The rest are just followers, frankly. Imam al-Nawawi and Ibn al-Jawzi, okay. Imam Yahya ibn Ma'in, no joke. Abu Zura, no joke, all right. These are the imams of al-Nuqad. Remember, obviously, uh, the imams of imams of Naqd, they are Nuqad. All right, they are hadith critics. They are the, at the absolute pinnacle of hadith sciences. Yahya bin Ma'in, Abu Zura, Yahya bin Ma'in, the companion of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, as you know, teacher of Imam Bukhari, as you know, they both said hadith munkar. Okay, hadith munkar rejected hadith bam. Hadith rejected. Abu Zura also added and said that uh, I fear that it doesn't even have a, it doesn't even have a basis. Like, you know, sometimes it has a basis and whatever. I fear it doesn't even have a, even have a basis. Alright? Imam, ha- Imam Hakim also narrated this in his Mustadrak. He was quiet about it. He didn't mention, didn't say anything after it. Silence is deafening. Didn't, yani, make it authentic. Imam Dhabi also didn't go and say anything about it. Imam Dhabi normally is commenting upon the ruling of Imam Al-Hakim. And uh, Imam Al-Nawawi said... Um, Something very interesting, and I think this is why I wanted to bring it out because of this sentence here, and I want you to, to just to, to to listen to this. After Imam al we considered this hadith to be weak. Whenever the Messenger of Allah would raise his hands in application, supplication, he would not lower them until he had wiped his face with them. Yeah, the one that Adil Qureshi has just put in the comments. Yeah, the Jamia over Tirmidhi. I like it when people say that as well, as opposed to Sunan. Three three eight six. Very good. Why is it three three eight six? Why is it that? Six are very good. This numbering is very good. So, um, this hadith, all right, after narrating it, after narrating it and commenting upon it and saying that the hadith is da'if, Sheikh then said, Sheikh Imam al I mean, he said, he said, all right, um, and this is not just actually. Abdul Haq, but a number of the scholars, alright, that said, in the Tirmidhi, qala innahu hadithun sahih. As for those scholars that said that Imam Tirmidhi said that this hadith is sahih, okay, فَلَيْسَ فِي النُّسُخِ الْمُعْتَمَدَةِ مِنَ Tirmidhi أَنَّهُ sahih بَلْ قَالْ حَدِيثٌ غَرِيبٌ And you will find that reference in his book, Al-Adhkar. He basically said that not only is this hadith weak, but those who actually said that Imam Tirmidhi said that this hadith is sahih, which is what gave it yani, you know, traction, that statement has not been found in any of the relied upon manuscripts, okay, the original copies. And that sometimes happens, you know, a bit mistaken, whatever, whatnot. I know this sounds crazy, okay, but sometimes, you know, you can write things wrong and copy things wrong. Or, you know, you're writing, uh, how many people, how many times have you, <laughs> How many times have you thought this and you've done that? Like I did in the Knut uh, quiz. Uh, Mahbub was, was doing the Knut, uh, the, the, the Kahoot, Kahoot quiz after the Zakat class on Sunday. <laughs> that makes me laugh. And um, it was a true and it was a true false answer. And the answer was so true, it was the truest thing on this planet. And I pressed false. And I pressed false and I said true. I literally said true whilst pressing false. And by the way, the button was about that big. 
the volume is about roughly about that big. Okay, so you know, so you know that does happen. And mistakes can happen. This hadith, Imam Nawi said that no, this hadith is gharib. But in a way, can I just say, Mahboob, I did that on the first question and I became 75th. I was last place. 10 questions later, I was 12th, bro. I caught up from last place to 12th. I did say Kahoot quiz, right? I said Kahoot quiz, all right? I just want to say to you, I want to say to you that that is without doubt the greatest Kahoot performance in history. Imagine, imagine. You are 75th out of 75th. Bro, just ask about it on the racetrack. A person who's on who's fifth and becomes first or is first and remains first all the way, this is not the achievement of a guy 75 going through da 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 through all the people, blah blah. Bro, I was buzzing, bro. I was, that was more sweeter than any victory, I can tell you that. 75th to 12th. 75th to 12th. I don't care, bro. I don't care. It was the only question I got wrong and it's because I pressed false saying true. Had a blonde moment, man. What, 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 what do you want me to say? Anyway. All right. That's my line and I'm sticking to it. So the question is, this hadith is uh, uh, pretty weak. Pretty weak. Now, uh, I just want to continue with what the muhaqqiq says. He goes, and he also has some supporting evidence from the hadith of Yazid ibn Sa'ib that's narrated by Imam uh, Abu Dawood and Ahmed, but also it is uh, weak, even more so because it is all yani, uh, the, the, the chains in both of them are, are have Ibn Lahia. Everybody knows that he's weak, and also narrated by uh, Hafs ibn Hashim. He is an unknown uh, narrator. So all of these, even put together, unfortunately, because 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 um, the, the the weaknesses are too much, and therefore they can't put together. Shout out to Claude. Shout out to Claude, the old miskin. Morning, Claude. He won't be missed. Right, so. Um, so, Sheikh Adameen, he basically summarizes. He goes, this hadith is weak and all of the supporting evidences are weak. And that's why Ibn Taymiyyah yani, rejected this whole concept and this uh, statement. Okay? He just rejected it. He just said, listen, forget that. All right? And he said, إِنَّهُ لَا يَمْسَحُ the one who's making dua is not to wipe his face with his two hands. Because to wipe the face with your hands is an act of ibadah. It requires dalil. It requires an evidence. An authentic evidence. So that he has an argument in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that what he did had a basis. Amma hadith, da'if. As for the weak hadith, then this is not yani, something that can be used as an evidence. Cannot be established, cannot be used to be used as an evidence. Alright? Now, where's the big issue? The reason this is a big issue, okay? There you go, name. Check out your app, bro. Right? The reason that there is an issue is very famous. This issue is very famous because Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, the Imam of the Muhaddithin in his time, the great yani, Ibn Hajar, he considered this hadith to be Hassan. He considered this chain to be Hassan. And he's not alone. 
I spent all my life uh, uh, studying uh, scholars that found the chain to be uh, okay, to be acceptable. And when I say that, it wasn't necessarily, obviously I don't want to bore you with the chains, but it's a combination of the fact that, well, they're not, they're not, none of the narrators are kadhab. They are not the greatest of chains, but the hadith has so many other supporting narrations, different types. Some are going to disqualify because they're outright just a yani, waste of time. Some were not. And whenever, whenever you um, uh, 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 see an action which is depending upon a hadith, which is not in Bukhari Muslim, you should automatically lower your guard and relax and expect differences of opinion. Automatically, right? Because ultimately, if the discussion is going to be about the strength of a narrator or not, right? That will determine whether that action becomes as famous as it does or it's to be completely rejected. And that's why I know of no scholar from Ahlul Sunnah that has condemned the wiping of the face with the hands as the most heinous bid'ah that needs to be called out. In actual fact, it could be argued that the sign of one's lack of knowledge is the one who calls that out. Not recognizing that this is something that many scholars, even though they are lesser than the scholars that said it is weak and they are lesser in rank, okay, especially when you look at the earlier muhaddithin, okay, um, many scholars accepted this and the action of the Muslims is behind it. So, um, uh, 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 I mean, this is me before reading Sheikh Uthameen's uh, statement. Okay, I, I'm going to read his statement in a second. But I just want you to know that um, this is one of the issues of flexibility. And I don't mean flexibility because we want it to be flexible. Flexible because there's possibly an argument there for the other side. And fiqh is all like that. Well, fiqh is all like that. Okay. Does this relate just to witr du'a or all du'a? This is referring to all du'a, by the way. This is referring to all du'a. The argument, uh, um, thingy, um, the reason that Imam al-Hajjawi, this is a very good point, Imam al-Hajjawi is bringing it up right now is because we have not so far in logical progression come to any part where the hands have been involved in du'a. This is the first mention of the hands. That's why he's throwing it in, that he should, you know, wipe... Um, that's why, okay. Which country in, in of of the Muslims hadith yani, ever in your entire life in the whole massive world do you not see all of the Muslims all of them not wipe their hands with their face with their hands bro, okay. Um, so that's why I want to just say that people need to chill on this issue. Now let, let me quote now translate verbatim so it's because it's an important piece of text. What Sheikh Uthameen says. All right, Bismillah. He says, however, Ibn Hajar in Bulugh al-Maram. Okay, which is a book that we studied with Shaykh Ihlan many years ago, and indeed he makes a point of it there and narrates it there. He goes, In the Majmu'ul Ahadith al-Shahid al-Yahada taqdi bi annahu hadithun hasan. He goes, Ultimately, when you combine all of the narrations together, even though they're all weak, but when you put them together, it would really raise the level uh, of this hadith to that which is acceptable. Hadith which is hasan. That's the yani, can be found on 1554. Hadith al Maram. If you look at the actual Hadith 1554, you will see it there. Sheikh says, so whoever then considers this Hadith to be Hassan, acceptable, then this act of wiping the face, then according to them, becomes a Sunnah. 
and the one who and the, those who do not consider this hadith to be acceptable uh, then this hadith remains weak according to them and the action of wiping the face is bid'ah and that's why we then get three positions on the matter the first is the sunnah the second that it is bid'ah and the third that it's neither sunnah and it's neither bid'ah it's a permissible action if someone does it we're not going to consider him to be a mubtadi' an innovator and if a person yani didn't do it we would not yani say you are deficient in your action you did a lesser dua than everybody else yours is incomplete because shahid feels so complete yeah we would not say that uh, we would not say these are the three acceptable positions in this prayer in this uh, issue it's sunnah it's bid'ah it's neither sunnah or bid'ah it's something which is permissible it's neither here nor there Sheikh Uthameen says the closest according to me as Sheikh Uthameen is that this is not sunnah it's not sunnah right because the hadith which have been narrated concerning it are all weak and we cannot possibly go and establish and you know ascertain and act and state that it is a sunnah with hadith which are weak and that was what Ibn Taymiyyah uh, Shaykh al-Islam opined and there are so many hadith in this issue uh, of the dua especially in the Sahihain uh, in Bukhari Muslim and so many other places uh, where the Prophet ﷺ used to raise his hands and stated so many times um, and just for reference uh, that, for example, you look at Bukhari, hadith number 932, look at Bukhari 933, look at Muslim 897, look at Muslim 8, etc., etc. So many times when the Prophet, ﷺ, whether in his disqah or whether making dua in front of the people, Prophet ﷺ has raised his hands, companions are describing it, and none of them seen him wipe his hand, his, his face. Where are the hadith? Where are the whatever? Sheikh Uthameen says so many places. And he did not, when he raised his hands, wipe his face. And when it comes to certain actions, you know, some are hidden, some are private. You expect يعني, a lack of information. When it comes to the act of public making dua in such an open uh, uh, way, okay. Alright. Such an act, so many people doing it, so many yani whatever, and such a, a comprehensive collection, such yani a, a big focus. Why is there not yani narrations collected and how on earth could these two greats yani, ignore it or forget it or not see it, whatever. So, all in all, So, all in all, it's better that he does not wipe his face. But we will not criticize or attack another person for wiping his face based upon the making the hadith uh, acceptable because of the hadith narrated in the issue, 
because this is something which the people have differed over. And that last sentence, I think, is very, very important. Okay, this is one of the areas of general difference of opinion, and you know, person does it and whatever. And listen, I want to say, obviously, I'm, uh, you know, this is this class is not about wiping the hands, or wiping the face, but there are a number of scholars throughout the yani, Islamic history that supported the wiping of the face. All right, and that's just the way it is. The majority of scholars, scholars, right, didn't, but then, you know, some things. Have got their own little power, right? Some things fall into, some actions fall into very naturally convenient categories, right? I want to say to you that making the adhan, for example, in the baby's ear when they're born is a very comfortable, overpowering emotion. I've spoken about this before. People who are not religious don't know anything about deen, nothing. They are religious at the beginning, at the end of these lives, right? People's lives at the beginning and at the end, right? That's the only thing they care about. Identity being established in the beginning and that hopefully, and even though he does nothing for that identity all their life, at the end, let's hopefully yeah, suddenly believe in, 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 in heaven and God and whatever. It becomes relevant now. There are certain actions that people take from worship and turn into realities that fit mindsets and psyches. The fact that the idea that the dua you want it to be spread upon you, the barakah upon you, the, the, the whole concept, whilst we have authentic hadith of the Prophet ﷺ making ta'awwad every night, of course, hadith Bukhari, when you are doing dry spit and you should then uh, 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 do this. But this is not a dua, this is the Qur'an and its protection. Ta'awwud of the mu'awwudatayn, right? The protection of going to sleep. So, um, you know, add a concept which has basis, have hadith which don't have authenticity, create the human need, mad ones, yeah, I need to think, I love wiping my face, I'm not going to lie. Okay? And um, I'm not serious on this. I have a soft spot for this action. But my heart, I know that this is, um, uh, this is a. Uh, it's not the sunnah. It's not the sunnah, okay. Uh, and I'm convinced of that. All right, I think we'll stop there. That's an hour. We're going to be accurate, and we've come to an end of a of a, of a point there because the next one is yani This is now talking about something interesting. It's the development of the kunut in other prayers. We're going to be, inshallah, next week looking at why is it that the Shafi'is then pray in the mornings after Fajr, in Fajr, sorry, and why is it that the scholars don't feel, you know, that, um, uh, you know, that it's allowed and what's the exceptions and hadith on the matter, etc., etc., etc. All right, guys. All right. I've not been able to get over that awkward feeling of just putting hands down. Do you see? If people reflect upon, if people reflect upon their ibadah, you know, that's obviously what we did a lot in uh, fiqh of salah, right? When we spoke about niya, spoke about people's uncertainty. We've spoken a lot about NLP as well, in fairness, right? About how many madhan have become popular in areas that have certain characteristics. I, I don't wipe my face intentionally. I wipe my face in more out of a cultural kind of emotion and completion. But when I am wanting to, then I don't. Okay? I should say, or I should say that I don't consider it to be a sunnah. 
I was just checking that. Uh, I didn't know. SubhanAllah, next week is the last lesson. Because the week after is definitely Ramadan. That's a madness. That means with that, that next week is also um, last uh, Nur al-Basayr, right? Uh, 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 because, yeah, sugar, man. Everybody, I think, agrees with Maryam there. It's just a real difficult thing to do. All right, what are we doing? Bismillah. Uh, let's have a look at some of the questions. Then. All right. I've seen this hadith from Bukhari being quoted as a discouragement from adding and subtracting words from prophetic du'as. So I'm wondering how this fits in with what you said about how it's flexible that you add, subtract from the du'a of Qunut. Rabbi Adib said, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said, Okay. The question that Fasiha is asking, she's saying that in one of the famous hadith, all right, of the du'a that a person should say upon retiring to bed, in the uh, you know like the after the quls and all the rest of it, okay. Um, so so the, the 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 narrator, the Sahabi of the hadith. He said, upon uh, uh, the, 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 the actual wording, this is so difficult to read when the screen keeps falling down, okay? The wording is, Alright? So I believe, Allahumma amantu anzalt. Oh Allah, I believe in the book that you sent down and in your prophet that you have sent. And the Imam said, sorry, uh, uh, the, the, and he was saying that in front of the Prophet, وسلم, and instead of saying it like that, I have Allahumma, he, he the, the companion saying it to the Prophet he said, Allahumma aman to be kitabika ladi anzalt, yani, uh, I believe in the book that you have sent down, he said that right, and wa rasulik, and your messenger. And the Prophet corrected him and he said, la wa nabiyika ladi arsalt, and upon your Prophet that you sent. And what, what Fasiha is saying that the correction of the Prophet is indicating that you have to fit the words word for word you don't have the uh, the flexibility for you to add own du'a, etc. Um, the vast majority of the scholars rejected this argument, like entirely. They said that this is one thing and that's something else. You narrating a hadith with a authentic uh, du'a, which is a specific entity and enclosed, all right, that is what you should be saying because in Every word is important in the context of that particular unit. All right? And as a result of that, it needs to be said accurately. There is a intended meaning. There is an intended meaning by the Prophet by, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala choosing that your Prophet that you have sent. Okay? 
your prophet that you have sent. I want you to know that the Rasul is a high maqam. Nabi is not a lesser one, but less responsibility. Prophet carries on the Sharia from before. Messenger comes with a book. Huge yani, uh, responsibility. And it is. And there are different opinions, by the way, why the Prophet ﷺ wanted to be known as the Prophet that you have sent at that moment as opposed to the Messenger. This hadith is in no way contradicting the fact that there is flexibility in du'a. Okay? Um, many narrations we see. In fact, I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'll take it there. Multiple hundreds of narrations of the same du'a in different order. Multiple hundreds. And so, um, any du'a in which the Prophet ﷺ does not want the wording to be changed. And we have other hadith where the Prophet ﷺ was very careful about how his name is mentioned after the Prophet after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name. Alright? Um, that they're not put on the same pedestal. That they're not yani, considered in the same way. So when the meaning is going to be affected by the change, the Prophet will cut in. This is not the same who people who add dua, take away dua, and so on and so forth. Also, it is important to define the place and the time. Sheikh Uthameen We'll give some examples next week about exactly that. Is it permissible to be making certain du'as in certain ways in certain times? What makes it into a bid'ah, what doesn't? There are principles. So we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll uh, do that. All right. Um, would you say that commencing du'a by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also a condition and not just a reason for ijab? But no, it's not a condition. It's not a condition. I don't know of any scholar that said that there are absolute fundamental conditions. We don't even consider Arabic yani, to be a condition. The dua is dua of the heart, right? And whatever a person calls upon is a dua, Allah will respond. Allah responds to dua the kuffar. There's no condition of dua. There are things that raise it. There are things that make it better, right? For those that we, when we do the Hajj and Umrah training and tarbiyah, it's a long process. People are like, you know, what's going on, man? How much more are you going to speak about dua? We say that when a... Uh, uh, this is like, I don't know whether I've said it in this class or not, but on a scale of 0 to 10, with 0 being rejected, uh, with 0 being rejected dua, and 10 being the greatest thing ever, 1 is an accepted dua. I love saying that, by the way. I've got to copyright that. All right? Level 1 is an accepted dua, meaning, meaning that there are, you know, a dua being accepted and, and responded to by Allah requires so little uh, if anything if Allah wills if Allah wants it give it to non-Muslim etc 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 but then every other level then confirms pushes it praises it makes it a great act for you makes it a, a sense of salvation for you da, 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 until you get to 10 and you've done an incredible act of ibadah upon which sins are forgiven you know above and beyond etc 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 Alright, so no, it's not a condition. These are praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is perfecting your dua, right? Perfecting your dua. If you were to show respect to a bad person who legitimately claims descent from the Prophet, purely out of respect for his heritage, not for himself, can this still be a rewardable act? Well, obviously it's according to your intention, right? You don't insult that person out of respect and shyness to the Prophet, even though they aren't a great person. Um your intention is in its right place, but I don't think the application is. 
Uh, people who are the family of the Prophet Sallallahu very differed over whether that's something yani, restricted to his generation or whether that applies to people today. That's a scholarly difference of opinion. A very strong argument actually that they're not applied to today. This comes through in Zakat. We spoke about that in Zakat class briefly. Okay, That there are certain characteristics that, that, that make yani, the Al-Bayt or the, the, the family of the Prophet Sallallahu uh, unique in not accepting zakat, whereas today so it's just not applicable anymore, um, uh, because there's no booty, there's no fay, there's no uh, ghanima which is paid to them, which would support them, um, and so I want to say to you that the evil people get treated like the evil people. However, if a person, yani, you know, out of respect and out of haya and sharam, yani, you know, said I'm not going to say anything, I think that's okay. The exam is when Zafar has mercy upon us. And oh, yes, Zafar Mahmood out of the shadows. What a guy. What a guy. Zafar, you know what it is? I don't think this is his first lesson that he's attended. What a timely intervention. There you go. He's got everything there. We won't start after Ramadan, Fatima. Maybe this is Eid uh, Al-Adha. We have academic year and academic break. Academic year is like about uh, 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 just a few days after or like a couple of weeks after Hajj all the way until Ramadan. The break is this three months break. We, we never do lessons in Ramadan, the holidays in between and the, or the time in between and Hajj. All right. Uh, there are so many new crypto coins coming out these days. Any obvious guidance to ascertain if they're Sharia compliant? Apologies if you already answered this. Uh, I put up this list of halal cryptos, but it's madness right now. So many coming out. I don't know. Um, I myself would be checking each one, uh, you know, to see if there's any problems or whatever. Uh, I, you know, everyone has their own kind of characteristics, etc., etc., etc. You know, Sarah, this is how you should write notes. You know, like this, nice and short, so I can just see it right there. Allahu Akbar. Oh Allah, send salutations upon Muhammad and the family of Muhammad. Right. Okay, you've you've bolded that maybe to bring our attention to it, I guess. One should end the du'a with the salam from the Prophet ﷺ because it increases the strength of the du'a. Uh, sending salutations and peace and blessings upon the Prophet ﷺ is one of the best and most beloved types of dhikr, worship and du'a. Many hadith and evidence showing the salawat as being foundational as part of the etiquette of making du'a. So it's highly recommended. This du'a means that you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to mention and describe the excellence of the Prophet ﷺ with the angels. All right? I'd, I would add that. The humbly, humbly position... One does not need to add al to the dua. Okay. Um, in the witter. You need to put in the witter. This is not outside of the witter. The Hanbalis, like every other, think that the al and everything can be added. This is talking about in the witter because we're restricting what we're saying in the witter. Yeah. Al is not just family. It means all the followers of the Prophet ﷺ on his deen. Very good. They are not the only duas one can say in the qunut. It is one of the places in the prayer where it is more open and the one is more conscious of themselves in prayer uh, and where one is more I think I would say the witr qunud should not be excessively long however closed restricted gatherings and prayers allow for more elongation in the prayer in generation uh, in general and also for the qunud wiping one's face wiping one's face with both hands after saying the witr qunud or any dua there's a difference amongst the scholars about the need for this due to disagreement you spelled disagreement wrong about the strength of the hadith. There are three main acceptable opinions. It is a sunnah argued that the weak hadith cumulatively are good. It is bid'ah, the hadith are weak, therefore the act is a bid'ah. It is flexible either way. Um, Sheikh, yeah, you know what it is? I wouldn't write it's flexible. I would say it is permissible. 
just like he said, it is mubah, it is not sunnah, it's not bid'ah. I don't put flexible because our position is flexible. That's not, that's a, that's a, that's a unique position. Okay? Sheikh Uthameen and the class position, the evidence is not strong enough to class wiping the face as a sunnah, so it should be avoided. But this is an area of general difference of opinion, so people should not be called out for doing it. Yep, that's perfect. All right. Um, any news on Hajj and Umrah? Um, yes, actually, I got some news today from one of the people who works in the embassy, and he said that they are expecting the announcement to be after Ramadan. That's a significant piece of news because um, that that means that well, it, 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 you know, it gives us a time frame, allows us to focus on Ramadan and not get stressed out by it, okay? But it also, I don't think, is good news. Yeah, and because that's what happens normally when everybody's getting ready. How in the middle of a pandemic they could stick to the same timeline, except that they're cutting it down or bringing it very short and maybe do what I've been thinking recently, which is that it's going to be a Gulf GCC Hajj, right? Gulf region, very expensive Hajj and all the rest of it, you know. And they're the only people that have done all this. Insha'Allah, Quranic art will be published. I'm glad that you blame Zakaria because it's entirely his fault. Umrah is uh, not a uh, thingy game. Uh, not on at the moment for most European countries are on the red list of Saudi and this is not happening really. America, I think, is okay. Maybe, I'm not sure. In which case, if praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would never be a condition, why would some accept the narration that cite salutations to be a condition uh, that's okay if a hadith yani, is emphasizing the status of the prophet وسلم, that doesn't mean the prophet is over allah or that the praise of allah is better this is not like a competition between the two there are two entire different categories two entire different categories all right um we get sent food on the 15th of shaaban by our neighbors is it permissible to eat fuck <laughs> it is bro absolutely it is love that behavior um why do some people not raise their hands in Witter? Is the class position to raise hands? I have to tell you, Mariam, that I'm not also a massive fan of raising the hands. Okay? Um, there is evidence to suggest that the Prophet ﷺ did not raise his hands in some of the qunut. But there are hadith also to indicate that he did. And that's why the people kind of do it that way. Okay? Um, makes sense because he's going very well. Thaqib says... In addition to saying the salam of the Prophet with one tongue, are there any adab of the heart we need to observe while saying the salam at the end of a dua? It's a very specific question. Are there any adab of the heart? I don't know. I haven't thought of it like that. I, you know, all, all I know is that one of my favorite parts of the prayer is the shahud, is the shahud. Right? I can only share my personal experience. That I in the salah, I do like saying Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ala Muhammad. I like Ibn Qayyim's position that the finger is not just a focus of attention in salah but it makes dua Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad right so I like picturing I like feeling so I think that's the kind of thing that you should yani, have in the heart that's what I can say last question if that's the humbly position to send salawat upon the Prophet sallallahu after dua then why is it that they don't also say at the end of the prayer before taslim where it's open for dua if one does send salawat upon the Prophet sallallahu at that, that time is it wrong um so the answer to that is kind of going to be mentioned by Sheikh Uthameen when people become a little bit, um, a little bit, yeah, any close on the uh, uh, to 
you know, making something regular when there's not narrated that it is. I'll speak about that next week. But basically, Sheikh Uthameen, uh, the Hanabila, are not talking about the, they're not saying that it's the humbly position to end dua, to end salawat upon every dua. That's not what's being said. They're saying that on the witr dua, it is a sunnah to say, Allahumma salamu ala Muhammad. And some of them said, wa ala ali Muhammad. Not in general, in all of their dua. That's not their official position. They're saying that it can be said, and it can be said at the beginning, at the middle, and the end. I don't know of that. I mean, humbly experts might know more uh, about it than I do. Well, they will know more about it more than I do. But I don't think, I don't know of the Hanabir making this يعني, a condition or an absolute emphasized aspect of all their dua. Yeah, Allah knows best. While all du'as are accepted, what is the reason for times when du'a is accepted? While all du'as... No, no, I didn't say the all du'as are accepted. I didn't say all du'as are accepted. You mean, if you mean in my, in my scale, I'm talking relative to my scale. I don't mean all du'as are accepted. Okay? Of course not all du'as are, all du'as are not accepted. فَأَنَّا يُسْتَجَابَ لَهُ النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم said, Yani, how is this man going to be responded to, right? Hadith Sahih Muslim. Yani, du'as are not always rejected, uh, accepted. I'm saying to you that on a scale of 0 to 10, 0 not being accepted, 1 is being accepted. Don't worry, Arif, inshallah, when you, when you go with me, we'll, I'll explain this whole thing one day, inshallah. Okay, bro? Um, uh, I do LP special on du'a since 100 Umrah is up in the air. That's the great thing that we will then get some time off why do you make me do extra specials, bro? All right, guys. Zakmala khair. Barakallahu fikum. Wa subhanakallahu wa bihamdika. Shadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruka Allahumma wa atubu ilaik. Wa salamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ayakumullah.